When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. So glad you could join us for the next hour to talk Giants football. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion, part of Jeff Eagles. We are here at 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. You can also find us on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. You can also find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, Giants.com slash podcasts, and hopefully podcast platforms everywhere. We understand there have been some technical difficulties. There have been some changes that have been made in terms of the distribution network, and I have gotten some tweets, so is Lance and so is John, that the podcast platforms don't always have the uh, the shows on them. Apparently, for the last week or so, there have been some shows missing uh, please, folks, try to be patient if you can. That's why I tell you to go to the Giants mobile app or Giants.com. Uh, you can always get the show there. There's no distribution issue when it comes to those places. That's where you can definitely find the show 100%. Jeff Eagles. No, I'm here. The, the uh, Giants rookies remain behind for about a week yeah. as they go through various seminars. Minicamp is over, as we all know. But the rookies are trying to get themselves acclimated to some of the other things that involve being a professional. I know it's a long time since you were a rookie. They didn't even come up with stuff like this. (laughs) (laughs) What, What are some of the feelings these guys are probably going through after being with the full roster for a week, obviously out on the field during the minicamp, but now having to kind of sift through their way and find out what the NFL's about? Well, you know, it's funny. I I think that when I came in as a rookie, um, obviously coming out of college, no, some of these guys are juniors, but they still were there, you know, for three years minimum. They they're like rookie, they're like freshmen again, you know. So you know, if you remember, at least the guys that played football when you would go to summer, um, you know, your first you would check in your dorm room. They give you a roommate who, by the way, you have no idea who it is. (laughs) <laughs> and by the way, a lot of those guys really, they become really good friends. Um, but you, you know, they're over there in one of the hotels by the facility. They're not knowing anybody. They're, they're like, they're honestly, they're like freshmen again. So they're going to school, they're going over to the facility, they're doing meetings, they're doing things like that. Um, they're looking up to the elder classmen, which would be the veterans and just watching how they do it. It's a big, it's just a big unknown for them. And I think that Right now, those guys are so focused. Um, I talked to a couple of them uh, in the facility a few days ago, and I was just asking them, like, what are you guys doing now that everybody's gone here? And they said, well, we just take the shuttle from the facility to the hotel and from the hotel to the facility (laughs) where they get their food to go. And, you know, they just don't have much to do other than spend time together. So it is kind of funny. Paul, because they, you know, it is a, it's a, the big picture is that they're now in the National Football League, which is something they've always dreamed of. And now that they're here, they realize, man, there's a lot of things going on. And the veterans are, I can't wait to be one of those guys where I don't have to be here. So they're just doing a lot of stuff right now. You know, they're not there until nine o'clock at night. They got a little bit of time to go do some stuff. But when I was young, you know, I coming into the building, all I can remember was just, excuse me, just don't get in anybody's way. 
just get out of the way. You know, just kind of, especially punters and kickers, you always kind of want to be away from everybody anyways. But I just didn't want to bother anybody. I wanted to just do what I had to do, ask some questions, and then get the heck out of there. And uh, and it worked out, out fine. But, you know, back in the day, and this was back in 1988, folks, long, long time ago, they didn't have off-season workouts. They didn't have any of this stuff with the OTAs. You basically, and Paul, I know you remember this, you had the draft, and mm-hmm. as soon as the draft was over, you had a three-day minicamp. Right. And as soon as the three-day minicamp was over, training camp was back in, in uh, the first week in July. And you were in training camp for almost eight weeks. Um, and you didn't have a game for almost a month. So, you know, that's the way it used to be. Um, and you had to go, and there's a lot of guys that worked in the offseason because I'll give, you, I'll give you something really funny here. These, you know, today these guys they they make good money, but and you know a lot of guys had to go. They worked because they didn't make a whole lot of money. My my rookie contract was fifty three thousand dollars. <laughs> Can you believe that? Fifty three thousand dollars in nineteen eighty eight for for a professional football player. Today's guys would need a microscope to find that. Right? Oh my goodness! Yeah, they make that per game now. You know, <laughs> so but I was I wasn't complaining. It was more than fifty three thousand more than I had to my name. That's for sure. So to answer your question, these guys are just getting through it. They're going to have a little bit of time off soon. I think they're leaving on the seventeenth, Paul, unofficially, and then they'll have until uh, obviously another month to go before they report back to the facility. Now, one of the things I wanted the public to understand, Jeff. Is is this mm-hmm. isn't just football stuff they're going over. Well, for no, example, no. Yeah. There, there are things for there, there's a media training session. Sure. There's there's uh, personal finance training sessions. Mm-hmm. They're literally trying to help these guys navigate not only the football stuff, but non-football stuff that comes with being on your own and entering the professional life that you've chosen. I mean, you may have been dreaming about it your whole career or your whole life, I should say, Mm -hmm. but those dreams usually include the locker room, the practice, and the field. Those dreams don't usually prepare you for all the other stuff that comes with it off the field. Yeah, and it's important that they they understand how things work, uh, financing, is a big one. You know, guys, remember this. Uh, These guys are now walking into some big money, whether you're, you know, Thibodeau or you're the last guy drafted or you're a street free agent. You've still got some money that's coming in. So you got to be able to learn how to manage that. Um, The media, I believe, is a really big one, Paul. I mean, that's a a really – stepping stone because some of these guys just don't know how to talk to the media and how to answer questions and there are a lot of the media that set you up for different things so that's a class in itself life skills what to do on and off the field like you know you were mentioning it these are important things to keep yourself on the field and stay out of trouble and by the way i think as in all sports right now the mental health is a big one and i think that this is something that's on the horizon it's, it's getting there people are starting to under to realize how big of an issue that this is um, coming out of college, in college, in the pro sports, the mental health is something that guys have to deal with, and there's a lot of it, and it's important because this is a very stressful job. You And I can't imagine when I played if there was social media. Uh, I'm so happy that I didn't have to go through all that stuff. But all the pressures and, and kind of the stress that you go through with all these facets of things in the media, you have to understand how to handle it, and it's very, very important that you get a handle on it as an organization for your younger guys coming through. And by the way, not only younger guys too – the, the veterans also, because this is kind of up in the forefront now, Paul. When we talk about mental health and all these professional sports and things, and more, more so from college, this is a lot of pressure on these guys, and they have to learn how to handle it. So we, we know what the rookies are doing. There are rehab guys, injury rehab guys, who obviously have certain programs they've got to continue going mm-hmm. through as they try to come back from their injuries. Mm-hmm. And then the veterans, they've been sent off. Now, now they're on their own, and they're going to be gone for about seven weeks. And they've just got to make sure that they take care of business. They mind their bodies, mind their behaviors. Uh, and so they're ri- they're ripe and ready to go when training camp starts at the end of July. Uh, Jeff, I-, I don't I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of difference between those days and now. I just think that because of social media, uh, a lot of things get publicized and they're out there in the public eye. I suspect that there was occasional hijinks even back in your day. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not going to ask you to necessarily disclose. But, you know, guys, there, there will be some guys who have some fun. Now, of course, as long as it's, it's nothing dangerous and nothing that's, uh, that's a problem, it's no big deal. But I, social media, I think they actually have to have another class that's just <clears throat> on social media because 
that's where everything gets blown out of proportion at least 10 times bigger well, than what it may be. Yeah. And there are so many things that are misunderstood and misinterpreted by social media. I think players also need to be very wary of that whole scenario, which back in your day, you know, if guys, let's just say, had a food fight somewhere, uh, nobody cared. <laughs> now that's going to be plastered all over Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know. You're, it, there's no more privacy anymore. You're you're out there. People have cameras, and that's another. That's one of these things that the Giants uh, and all the other organizations do to these young guys and make them realize that nothing's safe anymore. You know, so you got to be careful what you put out there, what you post. Um, one thing that these guys, most of all of them, all of them, you know, coming out of college these days, these guys, it's in their DNA, social media. So they they get it. They understand how to do it, what not to do it. So I think that that's important. Um, that they have some of that that experience because I remember when when it all came out nobody had a clue on what this stuff was how it could affect people and social media can affect people in a lot of different ways and I think there's so much negativity to it that these players have enough stress on their lives that they have to they don't want to pay attention to that kind of crap if you will because it I mean it, it went through you know I had it with my son in Miami it's just you know people there they stand behind that that screen and they can type anything they want. And it goes on there, and then, you know, the other person reads it, and it just, you know, it makes you feel horrible. So they got to stay away from that stuff. Get away from it. That's my professional opinion to all you guys. Just get away from all of it. Keep your your nose to the grindstone and do what you got to do and go play football and forget about the rest of that stuff. Good advice from Mm -hmm. the uh, NFL's (laughs) all-time games played man, Mm -hmm. Mr. Jeff Fiegels. Uh, Okay, folks, 201-939-4513. Last time I was on with Jeff last week, we told you it was going to be a caller-oriented show. We wanted to know what you think about the state of the Giants during the course of this offseason. We got a lot of phone calls, but I also saw the phones continue to light up after that show. So I have a hunch there are still more people who want to get in. So, Jeff, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I think we want to go rapid fire. Show's for rapid fire, caller oriented show. How do you feel the Giants stand right now with their summer training camp roster? And is there something that you'd like to see them address before they come back to the facility at the end of July? Mm-hmm. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. I can also alert you to the fact that later next week, and I mean later on in the week, we will begin our summer training camp previews of the Giants' opponents. We'll be starting with the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, we have guests on from around the country, usually from the broadcast teams of those clubs. And those can take about 20 minutes or so of the first part of the show, so it's less time for you guys to call us up. So I want to make sure we have time today to talk to the fans. Because this this is a blowout, clean-em-out show. We're going to get to your phone calls. And again, once we start our team-by-team previews later next week, that will lessen the time that you guys have to interact with us. 201-939-4513. We go to line two. Rick from Tampa is first on the show. Hello. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. Uh, Very well. How are you, Rick? I'm doing good. You know, I'm doing good down here. Uh, You know, Rangers are done, unfortunately, but the Yankees are rolling. And well, you're uh, in a bad neighborhood if you're a Rangers fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in a bad neighborhood, and I tell you, I'm, I'm, I, I knew Tampa was just, you know, once Game Three, we didn't win that game. I knew it was over. They're just too good, and right now, I've uh, totally shut them out. Don't even want to talk about any hockey. <laughs> it's all baseball and football. I'm so with you, Rick. Uh, yeah, and, and some golf, Jeff, because I think uh, Mickelson hopefully can win the. Uh, uh, Father's Day uh, U.S. Open. That's uh, so. I'll throw that out there to you. No yeah. way. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that he's back. The renegade is back. The renegade is back. Yeah, right they're all they're all a bunch of renegades now. Those guys yeah, doing on the on the LIV tour. Boy, that's not hitting yeah, home yeah. very good. No, it's not. So that's gonna be interesting. Okay, Paul, I had a question for you. Well, and Jeff too, but. Uh, regarding the Giants, the question you asked. I mean, I I think if if Jones plays good and uh, I'm ex- I mean I personally think Giants going to have a great season I think with everything that they the, the, I mean yes the line clicks the the receiver, Saquon seems healthy if Jones is good I I like everything about the Giants so that's I I am expecting to be uh like you were saying yesterday Paul I'm I'm expecting them uh the scenario uh that you painted of really good I'm I'm expecting that so that's mm-hmm. but that's the question I have 
but that's my thoughts on that. I have a, a question for you. You guys talk about this all the time. Uh, two things. Special teams. You're always saying about these young players that even though it may be a wide receiver, cornerback, they have to be able to perform on special teams. Now, the special teams, to me, seems like, a, a, especially like with linemen, defensive linemen and stuff, the guys that line up on a special teams player, they are not starters, right? Those are backup guys in the line because they're not doing anything. Defensive not line. always. Just, not always. What? Heck, do you remember when Lawrence Taylor played special teams? No, I don't remember that. He did. Why, uh, he did, he yeah. absolutely did. For the reason of what? Blocking the punt? That's, I mean, I can't see. I mean, he's not. Lawrence, Lawrence, mean, he's was, not on, Lawrence was on field goal protection. Lawrence, believe really? it or not, at one point he was the gunner on the punt team. Huh. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. Because I, 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 first, I just see that as such a, like a generic spot. I mean, even blocking for the punt. I mean, I know, Jeff, you, you're the punter, and, uh, I mean, you don't get too many blocks, but I guess the, the, the regular offensive linemen are out there for the, for, for the punch, right? It's the guys are out there. It's not no punch. You know, there's not a different group of linemen that go out there for a punt. Uh, no, it's punch, actually right? there, there isn't one offensive lineman that's on the punt team. Oh, there, see, there you go. That's, that's what I wanted to know. There isn't. It's a whole, no. it's a whole different It's a whole group. different team. It, it, normally, it's, it's, it's all your linebackers and um, – that's pretty much, you know, it. Linebackers and tight ends are big, you know, they're big guys, but they're speed really? guys. They can run down the field and cover. So, see, see, to clarify, when you said regulars, there are guys who are starters on the team in terms of the twenty-two who are on the special teams units. Oh yeah, that's the point. Yeah. That, that that's okay. the way I took your question. Are there guys on the twenty-two man starting unit that are on special teams? The well, answer I'll, is a hundred percent. Yeah, and I'll give you an example. Um, the quarterback of the punt team is the personal protector, the guy that stands behind the the center and and then is in front of mm-hmm. of the punter. Well, you know, the last couple of years you had Julian Love has played that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKinney. Uh, then you've had um, also Jabril Peppers has played that position. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that are starters, like Paul said, and, and your gunners are usually, you know, those guys can be starters too. Um, but mainly I call it the big four. There's actually six There's six teams on special teams, right? Taking away the, the yeah. kick, the punt, excuse me, taking away the field goal and the field goal block team. Then you got your four other words. You got the kickoff and kickoff return and punt and punt return, right? So the big four of those. And those are your guys that when we talk about the back end of the roster, as we do, is those are the guys that, you know, there's usually four or five of them on the team that are core, core special teams guys that get some reps in games at certain positions, depending on personnel, groupings, and things like that. But for the most part, those are the four guys that play the 30-something snaps a game on special teams. And I believe, okay. you know, and okay. a lot of people don't realize there's, there's, you know, there's 30 or something plays on special teams every, every Sunday. Now, now, along the lines of your question, Rick, and Jeff, I'm going to put this question to you. Sure. How many times was your starting center also your long snapper? Because Bill Parcells, uh. of course, when, when he became head coach of the Giants, he decided they needed to have specifically a long snapper. And, yeah. and when, when they picked up Steve Diossi, who had been with the Cowboys, he was an inside linebacker, they made Diossi – they're long snapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because, quite frankly, Bart Oates didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Bart Oates actually he, – he, Bart Oates was my long snapper when I went to the Pro Bowl in 1996 mm-hmm. um, when I was with the Cardinals. But to answer your question, I think it started to turn right around uh, the early 90s. Let's just say 1990, right. 91 is when – the long snapping position was a position where that's all the guy did. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he had a little experience with whether he was a tight end or maybe a, a reserve lineman or someone like that that could back up. For instance, I'll tell you what, Sean O'Hara was our backup snapper for both positions. You know, so, but to Paul's point, at one point in time, the league changed and now they had three specialists, and that was the long snapper. The the punter and the kicker, and that today stands. There's there's guys like well, look at Zach Diossi. They drafted him as a linebacker. He actually played a little bit of that for a couple of years until they didn't want to hit. They didn't want him getting hurt. You know what's funny, Jeff? He never took a snap in an NFL regular season game as a linebacker. Yeah, he Not was just one. on yeah, just on special teams. And That's he played it. over a, over a decade in this league. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know his yeah. dad taught him well. Yep. 
That, and, that, uh, and that's funny because when I, I lived in Buffalo for 18 years prior to coming here, and they had, a and like you said, it was in the 90s is when they had, and I forget his name off the top of my head, but they had just a long snapper who played with them for 15 years, I think. And I knew him and his wife well, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but that's all he did. That was it. He just got out there and he snapped the ball to the punter and to the, the field goal. So that was a uh, definitely designed position. And real quick, so the other question I had is regarding the practice squad, because I'm confused a little bit about it. And if, when you have some time to shed light on it, is it something we could NFL can use the practice squad like we do the AAA team in a baseball? Is it is there that much leverage to go up and down from like if we have to use a guy and then send it back down or send it back? What are the limitations on that? And are players guarded from that? When you sign a guy to the roster and he he can no longer, he cannot go to the practice squad once he's there or something like that. Isn't there rules regarding that? Because I thought if you have a guy, you could use him and send it back to practice squad and then vice versa. Or does that not work in the NFL that way? And that was my last question. There are regulations, and it, it, it would take quite a long time, Rick. We'll let you go okay. and listen to it off the Rick, air. Rick, real quickly, how about Adam Linger? Yeah, Adam Linger, that's it. Yep, yep, Adam and his wife. Yeah, she worked at the K Jeweler in the mall. And she was <laughs> Okay. And well, that's and what I said, Paul. Remember, I told you guys worked in the yes, offseason. Yes. Yep, yeah. and that was it. That's all he did was a long snap. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that that was in the early 90s and their heyday. Yeah. All right, great. With that, and I will listen to it. I'll hang up and listen to your uh, brief explanation <laughs> because it's uh, it's been a question in my mind for a little while. All right. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, during COVID, there were a lot of practice squad rules that changed and really expanded the maneuverability and the mobility of your practice squad players. Now, my understanding is that most, if not all, of those practice squad rules will be in place for the 2022 season. There are a variety of restrictions that come with being a practice squad player. Uh, I'm not going to – it would take at least a half hour to go through all of them. But simply put, Rick, yes, there are limitations to how many times you can bring a guy up from the practice squad and then send him down. That that is true. There's also uh, limitations on how many times you can protect a practice squad player from being signed by another team to their active roster. So – there is more mobility for those guys now because of COVID uh, over the last two seasons than there used to be mm-hmm. because uh, it was very restrictive before. Now there's a lot of give and take. So is it a little bit more like baseball's minor leagues? Yes, it is, but not quite that free. Yeah, Did I do okay with that, Jeff? <clears throat> no, I think it's great, and I, and I think that – because of COVID and the more of the experimental part of this is that the league decided to keep a lot of it that they did because I feel like it's, it was fair for everybody and it worked well. Because, you know, the last thing you want to do is go through, and this is kind of old day scenario now. Uh, you had 90 guys in camp. You went for six weeks of this and that, and they played the four preseason games, and they came down to the final uh, cuts. And all of those guys that you were training in your system, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, not all of them, but most of them left, that they got cut and they're out of there and they go to other teams. They don't go to any teams. And so there goes kind of your, like your, your AAA team, right? There goes your depth at some things. So it makes sense to me to be able to, to retain as many of those guys as you can. Now, not everyone, not everyone's going to make it back, but a lot of the guys will because now you have the familiarity with the systems. And so it makes it a little bit easier now for you to be able to maneuver guys back and forth. And, Paul, you had mentioned that there's some rules involved in that is how many times you can come up and go down and guys that protect every week and those kinds of things. So those rules were enacted because of the COVID-19 protocols that were in effect for two years in the National Football League. And I think a lot of them are still effective today, and I like it. I really do because, and I know the coaches staff like it too because they talk about it all the time. Where, you know, if you're going to go down to your practice squad, most of those practice squad guys are just running scout team things, but they are in the meetings with with the team. They are going over things, and uh, one of the better ideas that I've heard, and I don't know if Brian Dable and his staff do, do this or not. I don't know, Paul, but you know when Joe Judge was here and his staff, they had that last ten minutes of the of the practice time where these scout team guys and the practice squad guys ran 
10 minutes of the plays that they ran during practice for the real team mm -hmm. so that they had familiarity with that with the plays and stuff for that week because you never know somebody might on friday get called up and if they hadn't run any of the plays then you know they're, they're a little bit behind so i thought that was a really good idea that they did i'm looking at cbs sports which had printed some of the revisions to the practice squad rules uh last for this month okay. yes last month they're saying a practice squad player can be elevated for a maximum of three regular season games during the same year. Okay. Now, remember, last year, you well, the last previous two years, you had the ability to bring up a guy as an emergency COVID player, which I don't think counted against his his um, his number. Yeah, because you were allowed emergency COVID players that could mm. be activated ninety minutes before kickoff. If you had COVID failure, uh, COVID uh, positive tests, so the rule now is a practice squad player can be elevated for a maximum of three regular season games in the same season, and any number of postseason games without taking up a spot on the fifty-three man roster. They're kind of like bonus players, if you will. Hmm. And you know, remember we were doing the pregame show every every week, Jeff, and we were always trying to figure out, okay. Um, which practice squad guys are going to be the exceptions that are coming up this week because that could give you a hint as to you know, who's going to be available or who may be limited during the course of that game that was about to be played. Um, it's, it's a, <laughs> look, I love the practice squad. I think it's great, but I will tell you the rules can be rather confusing and can certainly cause a lot of uh, consternation and headaches. I know fantasy football people go nuts on Sunday mornings trying to figure out who the inactives are <laughs> and who yeah. is going to be active. Because when the COVID rules came into play and you now had the ability 90 minutes before kickoff, not just to mention your inactives, but you also could put forth a COVID list and then replacements for those COVID guys Man, I'm just so glad I want nothing to do with fantasy football, especially nowadays. <laughs> your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 201-939-4513. Let's get through some more phone calls because, after all, it is the caller's show. We go to Len from Maryland. You're next on the program. Hi, Len. Hey, guys, how you doing? We're well, how are you? Good, good. Hanging in there, hanging in there. Looking forward to the golf this weekend, Jeff. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, the U.S. Open is the best. Oh, it's the best. Uh, great Father's Day present. Yep. Just leave me alone. Let me watch the <laughs> You're so right. I look, that's my one day, right? Just leave me alone. The just golf just is alone. staying yeah, on. There you go. That's right. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Hey, Jeff, on your on your first salary of fifty three thousand. Yeah. Uh, to, to put it in perspective, um, <clears throat> practice squad players will make uh, <laughs> approximately twice that for for the sure, season for practicing. Um, yeah. And and also um, undrafted free agents um, will make a little, just a little less per week, Jeff, <laughs> than than uh, fifty three thousand. <laughs> Wonderful. So, That's good. So, All the power to him. So it's changed. Yeah. Hey, back, back, back to Paulie's um, uh, question, and I, I, um, I called about this last week, and I'll, I'll just pose the question and let it go for you guys to possibly answer. Um, my, my big concern going in, uh, yeah, I know, you know, we want to talk about players and injuries and all that sort of stuff. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of senior leadership. Jeff, you spoke to it earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I just, um, I'm wondering where that's going to come from in the locker room, uh, you know, amongst the players, not amongst the coaches, um, who's going to be the leaders. It'll be interesting to see who the captains are on this team. Um, but that, that's my, that's my biggest concern. And if you guys could speak to that, I, I would appreciate it. And one other thing for the last three years, I guess this is, is this Dexter's fourth year? Dexter Lawrence's fourth year? Yes. Paul, I get fourth year. He was drafted yeah. in 19. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fourth year. Um, he has been the starting right guard on extra points and field goals. Check me on that if you would, but I'm almost certain of that fact. So there's a starter who plays special teams. Dexter moves to offense and plays well, offense. There's a lot of guys, a lot of guys, Len, from the starting 22 play specials. That was the point we were trying to make with Rick before. Okay. Now no, they, I they, thought he, okay. yeah, I thought I, he was speaking. 
I thought he was speaking primarily about linemen, and, and that's what... Well, yeah, I wasn't sure exactly the way he phrased yeah. it. I wasn't sure if he was talking about right. the starting linemen who are on specials or just starters who yeah. are on specials. But you're but, absolutely right. I mean, that's... Look, it's all hands on deck. If yeah, the, oh, yeah, if the yeah, team yeah. says they need that, you, you do it. Yeah, right. They, they saw something in Dexter <laughs> besides his size. I guess that uh, you know caused them to put him put him in a you put him in a right guard. Hey, listen, I, I would appreciate it if you'd speak to that leadership point uh, on on this roster as it exists today. And thanks for taking my call. And uh, keep up sure. the good work, guys. We'll talk Thank soon. You. Thank All right, you. Lance, thanks. Be well, uh, Jeff. I'm going to take a stab here Go ahead. because uh, Coach Brian Dayball did say that at some point down the road he will have the players again vote for team captains. Uh, he's mentioned that a couple of times. Some coaches don't necessarily do that. Some decide that they're going to name the captains. Others want game captains. It sounds like Coach Dable is going to have season captains, and he will let the players vote for those guys. I'm going to take a wild stab here and suggest that Blake Martinez be the captain on defense. I'm going to suggest on offense it be Daniel Jones. And on special teams... How about Casey Kreider? Um, I would disagree with you there. I would go with Graham Gano. Um, okay. I mean, listen, I'm not going to – either one of those, that would be fine. Uh, offensively, I, I like I like Daniel. I like Daniel a lot. Um, I look at the roster, the starters, trying to figure out which guys are going to kind of look up to each other. I mean, Sterling Shepard's always a guy that I would, you know, consider a, a leader of this team um, because of his, I guess, his – He's been there the longest of these guys, so I yeah. Even I'm not, I'm not saying this should be. If they said Daniel Jones is the guy, would be the great, great, great captain, you know. So uh, defensively, uh, I like Blake Martinez. I like that a lot. I also like Leonard Williams too. I think he speaks he speaks volumes for mm-hmm. uh, work ethic, the kind of guy he is in the locker room, stand up guy, and uh, I think the guys really respect him. The biggest thing about a captain. To me, when I start, when I when I think of three words, okay, reliability is one of them. You can always rely on this guy to say the right thing, do the right thing, and you know, and lead by example. There, I also think that you know, as far as the other word that I would say would be probably communication. These guys, captains, have to communicate with their team because they kind of are the the voice of the, you know the organization or the coaching staff for instance like when I was a captain coach Coughlin used to call me in his office all the time and want me to kind of portray some things through the locker room or the special teams meetings so you got to be able to good you have to be a good communicator and, and not not be afraid to talk to the other players about you know certain things that's important so and then of course the way you play I think that's a big thing you know you certainly there are some guys that you know, they're really verbal about things and this and that, but they're not the greatest players. So you, you have to have the whole package to be a captain, Paul. You really do. No doubt. No doubt. You can't uh, do it from the tub, that's for sure. <laughs> no, 201-939-4513. Would love to get some more first-time callers on the program today. But right now we go to line two, and one of our favorites, Scott from New Mexico, joins the program. Hello, Scott. Hello, Scotty. Hi, Hi guys. How are you doing today? Good, 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 good. First, I want to make a correction. Uh, when I was on with you guys last week, I said the Giants had 14 games under 200 yards passing. It was actually 10 under 200 yards. One game was minus six yards, and then three games were under Ooh. 250 yards. So I just wanted to factually be correct. And that's so great, I, Scott, because we love facts. I do think that within the context of your comment, we understood the point. <laughs> it wasn't <Okay>. good. <laughs> yeah. My, my, I have. First of all, I have a. I just put a sizable amount of money down that the Giants are going to win the uh, division with at least ten games. So, Jeff, you said uh, last week you would bet. I'll bet you a new golf club against <laughs> okay. uh, whatever you will. You know what? Okay. Equal value for me. Sure. And you can you can pick out the golf club you want. And I and I will bet you that. that oh, good. The I, I will intervene. I will intervene here and say don't that intervene. that would you be against. Like show, but that would be against show <laughs> policy. So I'm going to intervene here because okay. <laughs> uh, on the premises uh, that cannot be permitted. So okay. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to save both of you some uh, some uh, consternation over this. All right. Now go uh, ahead, Scott. I accept. All right. 
my, my, my main point is I was wondering about whether some of the players are out of position for what they're going to do this year. And one player in particular I'm interested in is Julian Love. Uh, when he was with the Fighting Irish, uh, he was ranked by PFF as the third best corner in the NFL, uh, excuse me, in college football. Uh, I think at a 90% rating. And yet, the Giants, when they moved him to New York, obviously, they started to use more in box and not on the boundary. And I'm wondering why, with that kind of credentials, they would not be using him uh, as sort of the uh, boundary corner opposite uh, Dory Jackson. And why you think uh, he's not good enough to do it, because I personally think he is. And also, there's one player that I think is going to be an impact player, but neither of you have mentioned him, and he's a rookie. And Dang. I don't know if you've seen. And I don't know if you've seen this kid from Iowa, Belton. Mm-hmm. But I've watched nine of his games, and he hits a ton. Not only that, can he can cover short, he can play in the box, and he can also cover deep. And I haven't seen too many guys like that that can play safety, so I'm hoping that McKinney and Belton will be your starters and that they move Julian Love to the outside. But I was curious, from your perspective, why uh, he's playing more inside than he is outside. I was curious what you thought about that. Jeff, I'll let you go first, and, uh, and then I'll clean that one up. Well, the only thing I could say there would be the fact that I think that, that you know, I I think the team just likes him better at the safety position. I think that he can cover a little bit more ground, and I just think there's other players that will do better, uh, you know, matching up in those other positions. I think by naturally, I, I know that he can do he did things in college that you mentioned, but I think right. he's, his natural ability to play the uh, deep in a safety position to me just makes more sense. And and I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, or maybe it's the okay. real answer. I have no idea. But I, to, I get the bottom line to me is that I think there's some other guys that actually are just better at that position. All right. Okay. Uh, I'll add this. When the Giants drafted Julian Love, they had always projected that he would wind up being a safety long term. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. Why? His smarts, his field vision, and his ability to win the game with his football acumen. Um, as the safety, it requires tremendous vision. It requires tremendous instincts and anticipation the kinds of things that Julian Love brings to the table. They always believe that that would be long-term his best spot. The quicks against the size, the speed, and the strength of NFL receivers is a hell of a lot different than the NCAA level. Mm -hmm. And so for Julian Love to plaster a guy at Notre Dame, if some stupid analytics service decides that they want to give him a high grade, God bless him. That for was that. PFF, so I'm just letting you know. Well, and you know how I feel about that, Scott, so right. I stand by my <laughs> statement, if, if you will. Thank you. Right. Um, means nothing to me. Zero. Okay. And it meant nothing to the Giants scouts. When they okay. drafted him, they said, you know what, we think he could be a corner in this league, but we think long-term he's going to be a better safety. And, and that's really the long and short of it. Uh, it would be a shame to waste his vision, his instincts, and his football smarts, putting him on the boundary at safety. Now, having said that, let's just say that Williams uh, and let's say that uh, um, uh, uh, Robinson, for whatever reason, don't work out over there at corner. Well, it may be out of necessity. It Mm -hmm. may turn out to be at some point during the season, the Giants tell Julian Love, you got to go back to corner because we need you there. Okay. It could happen, but that would not be the primary plan. Okay. My last question, then I'll get off here so I can take more calls. Um, Feliciano is fairly new playing center, even though he's played in the position a little bit. If he doesn't work out or is injured, I was just curious, who do they have as a backup uh, for the center position? And I'll take your answers off the air, guys. Thanks. Okay, you got it. That's well, really simple. Right well, now, the guy. Uh, it, Max Garcia has also played mm-hmm. center in this league. Mm-hmm. Bredesen has done some center work during the course of the spring, mm-hmm. but Garcia has actually played center in the NFL before. Uh, during the course of the, uh, the workouts, we've also seen Jameel Douglas take some snaps at center as well. I was going to say, yeah, that's, so, that's my guy there. So there, there's, there's three guys behind Feliciano who – would be potentially capable of stepping into that spot. They're not going to be as good as Feliciano. 
I don't believe. I think there's a reason why they signed him to be the starting center. But there are there are, you know, three other guys who would be under consideration. Garcia, of course, has actually had center experience in the league before. So I I'm guessing maybe he'd be the next man up, but I, I couldn't think so. I couldn't tell you that for sure. Have you started working on your fifty three yet? No. Not even a like a just a No. I was kind of doing it this morning a little bit. Flag football doesn't do much for me, Jeff. Well, I need I, to see more. I understand that, Paul. I'm just trying to get, you know, just an idea. Like if you think that, you know, and it, I, hey, I always like to come up with it just a little bit ahead of time so that I can kind of see if I'm right or wrong. But I put mine together this morning. I got 25 on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. And so uh, pretty even. You want to know my big, you know, what I did here? Let's see. My biggest number is uh, offensive lineman. I have at nine. Offensive lineman. I, I think nine is the appropriate number. Mm-hmm. It is in most cases. And Teams I only have, like to keep nine. And I only have I have five at defensive, you know, the defensive tackles, if you will. Um, and then I've got a lot of linebackers, man. Go, go <laughs> back to the line for me because the O-line? offensive line is, yeah, you got your five starters, and I think we all know who those five are supposed to be. Sure. But now you've got to keep four reserves. Now, mm-hmm. now Parrot, I would assume – is not going to be on the 53 right away because he'll probably be on pop or some type of injured list where you're not going to have to carry him at the beginning of the year. I have him and Nick both on starting on pop. All right, you figure the same for Nick, no question. So I'm going to eliminate from the them from the equation. So that means you got to have four other guys. Yep, now, I got him. Now, uh that would and I the candidates, I would assume the lead candidates would be Garcia, Bredesen, Douglas, Gono, McKeithen, and Azudu. Mm-hmm. That that's a total of six, mm-hmm. and you're going to well, have to I'll, keep I'll give four for opening day. Well, I'll give you this: uh, we know about draft picks, so you're going to keep the two there, unless somebody gets hurt during the summer, yeah. and then that draft so, pick becomes well, a red shirt on an injured yeah, reserve. Let's, let's just let's no no injuries, no nothing. Okay. So there's my two. You got Zudu and you got McKeithen. Okay. Right. So your third and your fifth round picks. So well, now, now you got your four. There, so there's your two. Now you got two more. You got to keep. Now who are they? No, no. If those guys are going on injury reserve. No, 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 no. They're no, not no. going on injury reserve. No, I'm saying there are no injuries here. I'm oh, you're keeping you them. So out. now you're going yeah. to keep two other guys. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. And so now where do, what I go there? I got to go versatility, right? You got to find you got to find some guys that can swing around. You okay. Can go to the center, tackle. You know all those guys. Um, I think Jamil uh, Douglas is a guy that can play center, as you just said. He can play guard. And I also think that Matt Gono is a guy that can play both sides, too. But remember, McKeithen is a guard, and Zudu is a tackle, but he can play anywhere. Mm-hmm. So those would be my guys. See, a Go- Gono can play guard or tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Douglas, you've mentioned his versatility. Bredesen now is establishing some versatility because he's taking snaps at center during the spring. I just don't think but, he's going to make it. I, 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 I'm not saying that he will. I'm simply going through the, the list. Max Garcia is the one who's got the most experience in the league at center, and you don't have him on the list. That could be a tad risky. We'll see. Yep. Okay. Well, you know what? And again, it, no, I, I, like this is very premature. And the thing about it sure is, John, it is John Feliciano hasn't played center before. And he has. also has he not has. played, you know, he, he has had injuries too. So No, no, he, but Feliciano has played center in this league before. No, Limited, but, but he's done it. Consistent, you know, like a starting yeah. center. That's what I meant. Here, here's the thing, Jeff. Um, this is why, and I tell people this every summer, and a bunch of people get angry with me, I love the preseason. <laughs> because this is what's going to determine which of these guys deserves to stay. Well, yeah, you That's like the it whole point. Yeah, you love to, you know, you love the analysis here. You like to go through and really just dig deep into these guys. You I know? need to, I need to separate these guys. I need to know who belongs. And until they get on those the field for the preseason, I can't give you a real answer. Flag football doesn't tell me squat about these guys. <laughs> I know. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Anyway, 201-939-4513. Let's rip through some more phone calls. Oh, we're not going to rip through this phone call. 
It's Charlie from Maine, Jeff. He's going to have a whole lot to say. You're going to rip him <laughs> through the phone. How are you, Charlie? <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. It's too bad Dexter Lawrence was on the field goal team. I know. You're going to bring up the Washington, Washington game. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I knew it because you're such a downer, Charlie. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I personally believe he showed great anticipation, and I believe it was a phantom flag, but that's simply my opinion. Well, the thing is, to me, with, you know, field goals, how many field goals are actually blocked? Very, very few, and if they are, they're usually, you know, 60-yarders or whatever because the angle's lower. So, to me, I would tell my guys, just watch out for the fake. Don't even try to rush it. Because, you know, I mean, to me, it doesn't make sense, right? I would put in tall guys, you know, like when JPP blocked that field goal. I'd put all these tall guys with long arms in there, not these fat guys. That's what I would do. would make more sense to me. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Right, well, so that's, hey, some of those, those tall guys are in the middle of those, those teams, you know, the field goal rush team. And, because, they, you know, those guys that are 6'7", six, 6'8", six, with their hand, their wingspan, we talk about it in the combine. Oh, what's his what, what's his wingspan, right? So you get those guys, and and the kickers they get the ball up pretty quick. The, the ball goes up pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but you're right that the, the the chances of block kicks are they're not very they're not very common. And typically, when something happens, it's it's a breakdown somewhere, right? Somebody misses a block, or you know, yeah. uh, or the kick can be a little bit lower, like you said, Charlie. So it does make sense sometimes, but Charlie, they don't they don't happen all the time. I am glad you brought up the point, though, because, Jeff, and I'm, I'm very serious when I say this, I've never seen anybody with stats on that. Never. With, with what stats? Block, block, block field goals and blocked extra points. I've never seen anybody actually show me the chart or the statistical analysis of how many kicks are blocked per NFL season. Well, I've never I'll give seen you an it. idea. I've never I'll seen still- it. I had 12 punts blocked in my career in 22 years. 12. Not one of them was my fault. You know that. Every one of them was somebody else. Screwed up. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, again, that's, and that was, that was 352 games and 12. But I mean, think about that. All the resources we have and all the data that is computed now on a play-by-play basis. And yet, I don't believe there's any simple place. Now, I'm sure the, the teams well, have nobody it cares internally. About it. That's why no, nobody but they should care it. about it. <laughs> I, I mean, Charlie's bringing up the point, and I, I wish I could tell him, you know what, Charlie, over the last 10 years, there's been an average of 10 block kicks per season in the National Football League. What would you I'd guess? love to be able to tell you. What would you guess? I've Charlie, give no me your idea. guess. Charlie, give me your guess. 17 games, you know, 17, 17 weeks. I gotta think. That, I gotta think that it's it's gonna be less than 20. I would agree yeah. with it. It's oh. probably less than 20, but less I'd love 10. to know what the number is. I really because would. Is there one a week hey, in the NFL? They... One a week in 17. There's there's usually I don't know if there is one a week. That's 17 right there. So. And I don't think there is. Yeah, me either. You know, like the guy they should put in a field goal blocking team is the guy Hall, who's six eight. You know, yeah, put them all in there. Tight end. Yeah, yeah, put them all in there. I mean, <laughs> why you got a fat guy in there? He can't do nothing except get offside. <laughs> and uh, I was going to say, you guys evaluating. We need a quarterback. That's what I would say. But other than that, you guys have a good week. You too. <laughs> all right, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you so much for calling and taking a he's cheap shot. He's got to get that shot in for the quarterback. Yep. Yeah, of course. You know. He, he he wants to see Craig Morton and Joe Prezarchik and Jerry Goldstein and Carl Summerall and Jim Delgazo and Tommy Maddox. He wants to see all those guys quarterback in this team again. I understand, Charlie. It, it's, it's, been, it's been a rough go for you. 201-939-4513. Paul Dottino and Jeff Fiegels here on uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live. Folks, don't forget, you have a chance to get your Giants season tickets. They're on sale now for the upcoming season. You'll get ticket savings, membership benefits, which include exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. And, of course, there's also a chance to get hospitality experiences, watching Giants games and concerts. You could be a Giants suite partner. Again, limited full-season locations are available. Or to place a deposit for individual games, you can call 888-NYG-1925. 
888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. 201-939-4513 is our number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We've got about 10 minutes left in the show. Our phone bank is open. Charlie cleared out the bank, Jeff. Yeah, he always So if does. you're a first-time caller, this is your Nobody chance. Nobody wants to follow him. It's No, nah, come on. It's an easy follow. <laughs> you got to admit, it's an easy follow. Uh, if you want to make a really good point about the Giants, we're here to, uh, to answer your phone call. In the meantime, Jeff, something that, uh, that came up yesterday, I was doing the show with uh, Lance, mm-hmm. and uh, he had brought up an NFL.com story that had just come up on the Internet. And it had a, a number of a variety of topics and categories for each team that they were discussing. Um, one thing that, that was an interesting question, and I think it's something that could be debated a lot over the next few months, and I'll bring it up to you right now. Who do you think potentially could be the Giants' team MVP by the end of the 2022 season? And there are a number of candidates here. I truly believe, you know, I wound up going with Daniel Jones. I mean, the quarterback is the easy pick, but I think for the Giants to have a good season, he has to play well. I think it's it's almost like a requirement and a prerequisite. I don't think that they can turn this thing around quickly if Daniel does not really spark his game. Um, there are other guys, though, who I think are certainly viable alternatives. Well, I think you know, regardless of Daniel Jones, I think the quarterback position for the team to succeed has to has to play well. You know, I mean, you, you can play you can play if you have a really supporting your defense is really good, and you know the quarterback position doesn't have to be outstanding, but it just doesn't just can't cost you games, right? Um, and is that the situation here? Do you, do you think the Giants' defense is going to be so good that Daniel Jones will only have to be okay? I don't know. This, 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 this on paper it looks pretty darn good. I think what we're excited about in Wink's schemes and what he's going to bring to the table will be a lot of fun to watch on Sundays. But um, I think that the quarterback position has got to be your MVP, right? I mean, for it to really go, I think you got to be able to throw touchdowns and you got to, you know, you got to make some plays. But I mean, on the other hand, if you, if I think Saquon, if he's healthy, he he could he could be another guy that could have an MVP season. You never know. He's, I mean, just reading into what he's saying and how he's feeling and how he's going to be used in this offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if he goes and you know and has uh you know one of those years where he's twenty five hundred yards combined, passing and you know receiving and rushing or something. You know, who knows? Um, I look at I look at the way that McCaffrey is used in in Carolina. I think you're going to see a lot of that in Saquon this year. You know, it's going to get him the ball a lot. They're going to I, they're I, going to ride him. They they got one year left with him, and I think that, hey, here you go. You know, make some plays because regardless, Saquon is looking for the future too, whether it's here or somewhere else. So he's going to have a heck of a year. In I his think mind. he's a very viable candidate. Quite honestly, I think Xavier McKinney also would well, be deserving of that discussion. Yes, I was going to go to that side. You took the words out. He is a guy that I feel like is on the the. You know he is ready to ascend, and really the defense needs him to. Uh, he can he's an excellent player, really like the way he plays football. Um, you know, and then uh, this is a lot. This is an outlaw. I don't. You know, what about Thibodeau if he stays healthy and the guy comes in? It, how much? You know, he's he has a chance to be outstanding. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, man, oh man! I don't but want you, to put a ceiling on him. You know, no. he could come in and have a huge impact yeah. right away. But I'll tell you, somebody else who. I'm going to throw into this conversation only because we maybe didn't know how much he was worth until we missed him last year, and that's Blake Martinez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a guy that you got to make sure that he can come back and be healthy off of that knee. So, um, but here's the other thing, kind of the silence kind of guy that you're not going to not like people are really talking about. But when you look at the year he had last year as a rookie and with Thibodeau in the lineup, he's Thibodeau's going to take a lot of the attention. So Aziz could be a guy where, man, he just comes out of nowhere. He put on a little weight this year on purpose and um, got a little bit stronger. And if he can, you know, get back and do some things that he did well last year, he's got a chance to be real, real good too, Paul. Really good. Phones lighting up here with only a few minutes left in the show. Let's go to Damien on line one. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hello, Damien. Hey. How are you? Um, Yeah, you're on. Good to talk to you. 
Uh, I mean, I'm just curious. Uh, I don't know if you guys had mentioned this, but what about Nick Gates? Is he going to be playing this year? I mean, I know they have a lot of money like tied up into him. Nick Gates uh, just did an interview with me a couple of weeks ago on the huddle. Uh, he anticipates playing this season. Uh, the rehab, he's gone through an extensive amount of medical treatment. Uh, it's going well. He is on the right track. But he wouldn't put a timetable or a schedule on it, only that his goal is to play at some point this season. He said, of course, he'd like to be ready for week one, but he just doesn't know the answer to that. I think realistically speaking, knowing Richie Soybert had to go through when he had multiple leg uh, breaks, and, and now you, you feel that Nick Gates is going through the same thing, I would suspect that if he's able to make it back this season, it'll be some point after opening day. I think it's asking an awful lot to, to, to suggest that he'd be there week one. Mm. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, especially after the injury that he went through. Big time, man. We're talking multiple fractures in your leg. That's not a fun deal. Yeah, yeah. I Also, with this front seven, I'm definitely excited with uh, Z's and Williams and Thibodeau and Honestly, I would think definitely one of them is going to be more like all-star of the team. Well, uh, again, I understand, and uh, good question. And I will tell you this, Jeff, and we'll let Damian go. Uh, I think the good news for Nick Gates is that there's another guy who has shown versatility. So if he gets cleared and medically is healthy enough to come back and play for this team, mm -hmm. the fact that he can play center, he can play guard, and he's even seen some spot duty at tackle is only going to enhance his chances of actually earning a spot on the roster again. Yeah, well, look at him. I mean, he played, you know, before he played center, he was a guy that gets very versatile. I think the big thing for he's Nick He's tough Gates, as nails, too, by the yeah, way. Oh, yeah, and that's why I feel I have a lot of confidence that he will be back. Um you know, back playing, whether he's back on the team for good or not, I don't know. That's, that's it's something that the medical staff and the coaching staff is going to have to figure out. But he's a tough guy. He wants to play football. He's going to do everything he can to get back on that field. It's just a matter of time before he does it. All right, let's go. we got two more callers waiting for us. John from Maine, you're on line two. Hello. Hello. Uh, hello, fellas. How are you? Good, good to talk you. to you. Um, I wanted to uh, just make a point about uh, quarterback. Um you know, the problem with the Giants has not, in my opinion, been Daniel Jones. The problem Daniel Jones has had is the Giants. And I bring up the example of Craig Morton, who in 1976 was 2-10 and with the Giants. And in 1977, it was 12-2 and with the Broncos. <laughs> so I think he'll get better as the team gets better, so to speak. Well, I agree with your first premise. As far as Craig Morton is concerned, uh, I don't really have much to say about him other than he was a uh, a poor yeah. producer on a very poor team. And yeah. that's about as far as I'm going to go. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay Paul. That's hoping funny. that Daniel will, will see uh, – I'm hoping the offense will see a lot of uh, improvement with not only the coaching – uh, and but also the line and 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 uh, so on. Well, and, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you, I, you are going to see a, a vast improvement here on offense. Mm -hmm. I think you you're going hey. to you know you got an offensive line now that's that's somewhat put together that I think you feel really confident that they're just going to grow together and get better. Uh, you have some wide receivers in the, in the passing game that they're playmakers. You've got uh, the tight end position. I think people are really high on, on Daniel Bellinger going forward. I mean, he's a guy that's good, you know, but um, this offense has got a chance. I mean, Saquon, there's, and, the, and the coaching staff, Mike Kafka and Brian Dable, they're bringing some serious, serious, uh, you know, weaponry with them as far as designing plays. They've got the weapons. They just got to get the ball in the guys' the hands and have them everybody. The biggest thing here for me, guys, in this Giants team uh, is, is, is health. This team is, has to stay healthy. And that's been the problem in the last few years. The guys, there's no depth at this team. And when your starters go down, you're 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 stuck. So building depth and keeping this team healthy is going to be imperative for them to be successful. All right, John. Great, thank you very much. I, you're welcome. Feel, Thanks for calling. I can eat my macaroni now. There you go. <laughs> Make sure you got a little pasta sauce on there and some uh, parmesan, a little uh, a little oregano, and enjoy. All right, one more phone call uh, left here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. I believe, is this John coming up? So John is next on the show. Hello, John. 
No, it's Luigi. Luigi, Luigi. Oh, Luigi. Okay, Luigi. You're talking pasta, man. You're right up my alley. I'm making the best of beef meatball in the country. <laughs> oh, my God. Me- the, man- the man's got meatball parm going. I-, I-, I need one of those heroes right now, Luigi. All right. No, I, I was talking to your producer, and uh, I brought up uh, press conferences that I've watched about Daniel Jones. Okay, this is about Daniel. I love him, and I, I was wanting him to succeed. However... Listening to his conference, one, I counted 40 ums. <laughs> Another one, I counted 70, 70 ums in his five or ten or whatever he's on. As long as and he I, doesn't use that in his speech pattern when calling signals either in the huddle or at the line of scrimmage, it's okay. okay. So Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> but my point is, is it his reaction time for his brain in other words he's not doing it. I, I assumed he wasn't doing it in his signals no but, no luigi i'm actually time, i'm told that in the huddle he has command he also has very good command at the line of scrimmage and his teammates yeah. talk all the time about not only is he in charge and does a really good job with the signals but they also talk about his humor too he could yeah, be really well, funny. A, I feel I have a good sense of humor. I really do. Well, I obviously, by the comments you laugh. just made, we know you're a funny guy. <laughs> do you know the um? Thank the, you. The, I appreciate the um. it, Paul. The um. Listen, you don't have to butter me up. I'm a paisan, too. You know, I, I, you, I, for my daughter, I made linguine and clam sauce, a request. And my granddaughter, too, is in on it, too. Now, so Luigi, help me out here. Help me out. I've had this argument with a lot of people who don't understand. Pecorino Romano. Yes. Very under, I, uh, very oh, underrated on, cheese. Very but underrated a, cheese, though, right? Actually, I use Parmesan Pecorino Romano. That's okay. All right, all right. But Pecorino Romano by yes, itself is I, very you, underrated. You got it. Yes, it's a little sweeter, a little softer than Parmesan. Yes. There you go. But the combo is not bad. Uh, uh, I'm with to you. Me. I'm with you. And go oregano, Paul. I love oregano. I know, but too much is no good. Well, Listen to me. Yeah, you but you can't it. live life without it. Yeah, no, you take your oregano. You're, I love it, too. But be careful that it's not too much. Okay, I got you. All right. Thanks, you Luigi. Know, just, be well. All right, you take care, Paul. Thank you, know you what, my man. Paul? Yes, Jeff. Now I know how you feel when I talk about What Paul. is happening? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I, I <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that, but it was an awful lot of fun. And but I'm see, really I don't expect now. it either. When somebody starts talking about golf, I get all excited and this and that, and you and you sit there and go, "Oh God, here we go." And now somebody comes on and starts talking about pasta and everything, and you go ballistic on it. What? <laughs> you know? I love it. It's absolutely. I, listen, I love she, Italian. Cheese, food, so. cheese, cheese is definitely part of the spice of life. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. And yeah. so is oregano. Hey, by the way, I am a quarter Italian. By the way. Oh, my, I didn't know my that. My great grandmother was from Sicily, and her last name was Cisco, C I S C O. So there you go. That is so wonderful, man. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that, Jeff. It just just took you up another five notches in, in terms of stature. <laughs> and then I, I mean, I'm already is, pushing you for the Hall of Fame, but now I got to push even harder. I love Pearson. What are we doing here? <laughs> he had that same whole speech with me, like off the air. Just and, you, and you let him through. Yeah, it said this is important. Well, yeah. you know, you know what? Uh, Paisan wants to make the phone call. Paisan gets through. Listen, real quick. I, I know we got to go. Yes, but we got to go. I will tell you, you know, about Daniel Jones and the um. I, I picked up on that, you know, years ago. Yeah. Um, remember this, people. When you're standing in front of a podium with people that are just going to, they're going to trying to just get down your neck with questions and get you to something. You have to have a pause to think of your answer. That is his mechanism to come up with an answer that's going to be politically correct, the right thing to say in the situation. So don't be so, you know, <laughs> upset that the guy talks to it because he's in a he's in a position where he has to say the right things. Okay, and that's why he there's a pause there. That's what it is. I'm telling you. Sounds like some good media training from Mr. Jeff Eagles. <laughs> Paul, we know we know the guys that will sit up there and yes, trick you into things. Yes, we do. And so if you're not, and the guy's yes, a Duke do. guy, he's smart enough to understand it. But you got to have a little bit of time to process, and that's what he's doing. He's coming up with good answers. Eli did the same thing. And, you know, he may not have done the um, but he had a, the ability to, 
think quickly and respond quickly, and his, his responses were always spot on. Both you and Charlie will understand. There are media who set lobster traps for you every step of the way. <laughs> Definitely. All right, enough food. Can we go eat now? Let's go. 201-939-4513 is our number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. You can listen to the program every single weekday live from 12 noon to 1 p.m. You can also hit us up on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat, or he is at Jay Fiegels on Twitter. I am at Giants WFAN. You can catch this program, hopefully, hopefully, if not through the Giants app or Giants.com slash podcasts, through your favorite podcast platforms everywhere. We're trying to get that fixed so we can be there for you. Until next time, take care, everybody. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And Hmm. not to mention we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.